The Hurling Podcast is brought to you by the Enniscorthy Credit Union, where you can join and apply for a loan on the same day. With great interest rates and special rates for car loans, green car loans and education loans. Check out their website at enniscorthycu.ie. The Enniscorthy Credit Union. Local, loyal and lending. Loans are subject to approval. Terms and conditions apply. If you do not meet the repayments on your loan, your account will go into arrears. This may affect your credit rating, which may limit your ability to access credit in the future. Enniscorthy Credit Union Limited is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. If I told you what I put them lads through, you wouldn't believe it. Hurling has to be the most difficult, eye-hurting sport I've ever witnessed. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been described as the bridesmaids of Hurling. Well, today we got married. Oh, there's no rules. This guy just grabbed the ball, threw it up in the air, and then hit it. But, but the part, late. I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford, who stuck with us through take and take. Hello and welcome back to our new season of the Hurling Podcast. My name is Gary Dorn and as always I'm joined here with Ben Burney. How are you Ben? Hi Gary. Well we still don't have any hurling to be watching so what have you been following these days Ben? Or have you just been looking at reruns of the 96 All-Ireland or 2019's Leinster Final? I follow Ed Rousam's Facebook page religiously. It's fantastic, fantastic viewing for any Harlan fan, really. Good man, Ed. Well, there may be some debate about who the GOAT hurling goalkeeper is around the country, but we've no doubt who it is here at the Hurling Podcast, and uh, here he is. We were watching your Laker Gale the other day, right? and we listened to a, a quote from Liam Griffin saying... I think if you could survive in Fitzhenry's backyard, you could survive for Wexford. Was was the backyard in your house that vicious, or, or what was going on? It was. It was fairly tough at times. Now, uh, I suppose the good thing about it was, you never had to go down the road to look for a fella to hurl with, because there was always somebody here. And if the lads weren't here, two or three of the women used to hurl as well. Two of the sisters, or three of the sisters used to hurl, and they'd go out and hurl. But um, yeah, look, there was there was there was some serious games out in our backfield here now, out behind the house. Uh, we had a, with all ourselves, and then we had uh, the Purcells up the up the road here. Poor old James uh, Purcell, Lord mercy on him, and his brother Tommy, and their two sisters would come down. So there'd be there could be twelve or fourteen out hurling in the back in the backyard. So uh, he wasn't look, he wasn't far wrong, and there was no prisoners taken out there. It was it was just. It was hell's bells. And did, you, did you ever think of fielding a team just between yourselves and the Purcells? <laughs> well, we, we did we did often think of fielding a team in the Kilmacud Sevens ourselves, but yeah, it never it, it never materialised. Probably something that we're sorry that that it didn't materialise. Yeah. You know, but uh, no, because it had been it had been grand. You could have had you know what I mean. You'd have had well, she had one or two subs. You'd have been okay. Yeah, <laughs> and you were the youngest out of fifteen, was it? Yeah, yeah, I'm the youngest out of fifteen. Uh, nine brothers and five sisters, <laughs> and they just stuck you in the goal then. Yeah, well, uh, a so-called goal, uh, two tar bars, <laughs> or and, and if it wasn't ta- if it wasn't tar bars, it was two old shorts or tracksuit tops or something was thrown down. But look, uh, 
it it stood it stood to me and it stood to the rest of the lads as well uh, all through the years and and it was a it was a great start and it was a it was a great uh, great ground and as well I suppose to be out there as well with the lads. Yeah, and did you ever have a choice? Was there ever was there ever any day where you were like, no, not today? <laughs> <laughs> No, not really, not really. Like I say, <laughs> when you're the youngest and the smallest, you nearly, nearly all the time do what you're told. So uh, <laughs> I said, it was, I said it was nearly safer to go in and not ask any questions. Yeah, so, so, so Liam was right. Surviving the pretendary backyard was enough to help you survive for Wexford. It was, it was indeed, it was indeed. Was there ever a game where for the Duffery where the nineties tugged out together? No, um, the. The most that, that ended up on the field of one day was seven. Seven brothers uh, kicked senior football one day. It's a fairly impressive. Uh, yeah. Two uh, manager and selector, were they? No, no, no. They were, <laughs> they, they were finished. They were, the, they were the older stock. The older lads had finished. But uh, from Shamey down, the, the other uh, seven of Astenture were, were from Shamey down were on. And Tom and MJ, uh, was, were, they were over the age. Like, so they were gone. And uh, one of the boys then was injured, so he didn't make it. So very close. Could have been eight to one day. Only one of them was injured. But look, that's 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 the way it was. And did you win that day? Yeah, uh, it was a county semi-final uh, in one of the years that they won the county final. So uh, Gerald was actually injured, I think, and, and uh, one of the other boys came on instead of him. So, yeah, we got through that day. And, yeah, look, there's a grand photograph here the, of the, the seven after the game, like, you know, talk yeah, yeah. everyone together. And, you know, it's, it's, it's nice, I suppose, to look back on it uh, from that from that point of view that there was that that sort of a number playing. It certainly is. And who, do you remember who you were playing that day? Yes, I don't, to be honest. Uh, I'm just thinking, like, half the team of brothers beating another whole parish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And sure, and the funny thing about it was we had, we had cousins then as well. There was two cousins on it as well. So, yeah. you'd have nine and, yeah, look, it was grand. I suppose around that time there was two or three sets of brothers on it as well. There was the Frannies, there was the O'Leary's, um, you know, and it was it was the Gerald Honor was playing. Look, there was a good for that time, and it was just just happened to be lucky that 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 number of lads came together at the same time. And yeah, yeah. In, in, in fairness, they all put the effort in and, and got through that. So the yep. Duffery were fairly lucky that just never moved. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's actually it's actually a funny one. At at the minute, even uh, out of fifteen, there's only one of us out of the country, like. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Paddy is living in in uh, Canada for the last maybe four or five years, but everybody else is more or less within the county of Wexford, and the only other one is is in. Uh, his actually postal address would be would be Wexford, but he's, he's up in Clonigal, so uh, uh, be Carlo uh, more or less. But the postal address is in Scarlet. So yeah, it's it's a it's it's a strange strange one that that uh, there's only the one gone that number like. You'd have four senior football titles, would you? Yeah, I four uh, senior. I come in on the on the tail end of the. I come in on the tail end of the seven in a row, and then they lost it then uh, for a year, and then came back and won it the year after. So I was there for that one, and three of the the end of the seven in a row. So I had four senior football medals. Yeah, not a bad haul, I suppose. No, sure, it's not too bad, but sure, look, two of them were, were merely as a spectator, I suppose, and uh, two of them then playing and starting, like, so it was nice to get them ones rather than the ones where, you know, you're you're just sitting and uh, looking on, as they say. I know all so, too well. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, Duffery at the time were 
predominantly football club. How was that when you were more, were you more focused on hurling yourself? Yeah, sure. Look, I, I, I suppose I probably was, but, but I, I also liked the, the change, you know, when you're, when you're playing with the like of the Wexford team and you're, you're, uh, you're busy enough, I suppose, training with them and all. It was lovely to come back and, and just change back to, to playing something different. Where there was yeah. no, where there was no real pressure on you, but you knew that you were always going to give it what you could for your club. So you were always going to do that. That was without question. Uh, so, but but the, the like the added bit uh, of of the whole county wasn't there really, you know. And would you have been on county panels hurling from under fourteen up immediately? I was on. I was on county panels from Tony Forest up. Yeah. Uh, the goal or out the field. I was a kind of mix and match, more, uh, more or less. I, I played a bit out the field under 14, and then I went to the under, that was the 21st, Blow and Waterford, went to uh, under 16 then, and uh, Hefo, Hefo Walsh, you know Hefo the Harriers? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Hefo would have been over at under 16, and he put me in the goal uh, for, the, for the under 16. So the kind of the seed was sown then, and worked way up then to minor, sure, up to under 18. And the first year minor, I played about the field. And then the second year in minor, uh, Father Jim Butler was over, back in the goal. So that's, that was, that it. was it. 21 then and up to senior. And that's, that was the, the natural progression, I suppose. Would you have done well in underage for Wexford? Uh, no, we, w- we, wouldn't have, we, wouldn't have done, we wouldn't have done that well now. We'd have no... We'd have no obviously Leinster titles, no, not nothing like that, you know. Uh, we would probably have competed, you know, reasonably well against, you know, the Dublins of that time and and all. But we just couldn't. Probably nearly similar to to the senior uh, uh, outfit, couldn't just couldn't get over to Kenny. Like you know, you'd beat awfully in our time, but they'd beat you more more than you would beat them. But so we wouldn't have a whole lot to show for for the underage now, no. And your first year. Coming into the panel was '93, I think, and you got to you got to league final again, Cork, three league finals in a row. What was the experience like in the first year coming in, like just just down minor? Sure, I I, I really couldn't have asked for any more uh, than than what happened in that first year. It all came about after the minor, and I had just came out of minor, and um, Christy Kyo, the late Christy Kyo, gave me a ring and said to me he was interested in in give me a run in the goal. And I said to him, I'll just, look, I was only 18 turning 19 and I said, I don't think, I don't think I'll go in, Christy. Uh, I think I'll go and, and try for the under 21 for a year or two and see how I get on and then I'll, I'll try, we'll see if everything is going all right then, so we'll give it a go. So he said to me, look, sure, we're playing the Kenny, he said, in a, in a practice match, he said, in Belfield. If you come in, he said, you can hurl the first half or the second half and see how he gone after that. So I said, sure, look, I had nothing to lose. So I went in that day into Belfield uh, and played the whole game and was there 17 years after that. And <laughs> <laughs> when, when you played the whole game, was it was it your choice or Christy? Was, was it mutual? Was it, you said you I played sure. the first half and half time came and you're like, you were happy enough to stay and Christy was happy enough to leave you there. Well, it was kind of like that. It was after doing all right. And I said, here, sir, look, uh, you don't mind, sir. If you want me to stay, you know, I'll stay in. Uh, and actually, a funny a funny story happened about that. There was a guy, there was a guy from Castlebeg, Ballymoran, 
was involved that time in the in the panel. Uh, Eamon Cullen was his name, and he was the goalie at the time, and he was getting a run as well. And but I got that I got that uh, that the door opened for me that day, and I went in anyway. But I was talking to Ed Rousham, and Ed was telling me he happened on he happened on Eamon Cullen many years later, probably near near the end of of my reign in the goal, and uh, he had been in America for years. And Ed said to him, he said. He's Eamon, he said, you have, you have a, uh, he said, you have a great uh, American accent. He said, yes, I have, Ed, he said, and Damien Fitzhenry said, they're still in the goal. <laughs> 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 so, so that, that's, that's what happened that, that time. So that was from 93 on. So, yeah, that's, look, that's, that's what happened. Uh, it was as simple as that. Christy rang and I went in and that's, but like, like you say, started there, went through the league, got a great run in the league, league quarter final. Uh, I think it was against Leash and then we had the semi-final against Limerick and then got through to the final against Cork and three cracking games below in Torles and then went on to the Leinster final I suppose and, and drew that with Kenny and then lost the replay but for me you know only starting off like I couldn't have asked for any more for the, for the first year it showed me you know and then like I, I, had been, I got bitten by the bug that, at that stage then and I think there was no there was no moving me at that stage then, you know. Yeah, like I'm just thinking about it. It must have been obviously heartbreaking to be in five finals and not win any of them with the three league finals and the the Leinster final and the replay. But for uh, what were you? You were eighteen for yeah, an eighteen, nineteen-year-old goalkeeper in his first year. Unbelievable experience. Oh, it was savage, and you know. Uh, Thinking back on it now, I suppose, and, and even at that stage, I I didn't I didn't make much of a deal about you know not getting a medal. Whereas the like of George had been there for maybe 10, 12, or 13 years, and a medal to them would have been a huge thing. But to me, yeah. sure it was my first year, and I was kind of going, ah, sure, look, we'll, we'll be back next year, so we'll we might win it next year, or we'll do something like that. Whereas that's the kind of that's the kind of um mentality I took going into it that. Look, please God, sure, we'll be there every year from now on, and we'll see how we go. But the the, the not winning the medal in the five uh, games didn't didn't really resonate with me, to be honest. Did you see the potential in the panel? Yeah, we were we 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 were fierce, unlucky, and and you know, and and there's no point in saying otherwise. Looking back on it now, that panel and that team of '93 was probably every bit as good as the panel and the team of '96. Only we got the breaks, whereas two or three years earlier we didn't get the breaks, and that's you know what I mean. And and it's as simple as that. Especially especially back uh, in those days when it was it was knockout. It was that was it. One game you you could be gone. Yeah, one chance. It was it was one chance alone that time. And you know, uh, get you had to produce it on the day, and if you didn't produce it on the day, that was the end of your year. In '96, now fast forward a couple of years, did you did you play like this? Sounds a bit ludicrous to me. Do you play most of the league out the field? Yeah, I played most. It was it was yeah, it was the '95 '96 uh, run of it there. Yeah, uh, I played. I played. I think it was three either three or four games out the field. I remember playing against. It was against Offaly. I was definitely out the field. I played outfield in that infamous game against Mead as well in Belfield. I was midfield that day. And then uh, I played wing back against 
Galway that day. And that's this story is nearly synonymous with me now as well, that I got the greatest roasting from Joe Rabbit of all time. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I, I have no hesitation in saying it myself uh, I didn't know whether it was a hurling ball or a beach ball we were playing with that day <laughs> There's a, I was reading the match report of that yesterday in the Irish Times and the quote is uh, he gave young Damien Fitzhenry a rough time yesterday and when the Wexford bench finally swapped Fitzhenry with Larry O'Gorman a very ironic cheer went up from the Wexford support <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but look, you, you, you live and you, you go by them things and you try your best. And I, I I presume some of it was coming from the outfield thing was coming from uh, Rory Kinsella because I had I had spent five years in the FCJ with Rory and I would have played outfield. I would have played outfield in when I was in fifth and sixth year in the FCJ and Rory was over the team and we actually won a Leinster uh, Senior B final uh, the, uh, the picture it, of you was there all through the time we were there <laughs> oh yeah yeah but look that was that was I'd say that's where a lot of it came out I played a good bit of, of hurling out the field with the club and I suppose but look looking back on it now they say to you you know they were trying Jericho centre back to get him fitter they were trying Liam Dunn corner back uh, for him to when he was moved out centre back to make sure that he was never going to go back in corner back they were trying <laughs> me they were trying me wing back to to speed up and to to quicken up and to get my reflexes better than they thought they were if you talk to Liam he'll tell you there was method in his madness and look that's that's and, and that's what happened so I hurled out the field that bit but uh, like I said yeah, probably a lot of it came from Rory uh, from being in, in the school for that and, and having a run that year and, and doing reasonably well. So it wasn't you putting your hand up and saying, I want to play out the field? No, not no, no, no. I, I don't think I ever did that. I didn't mind, to be honest with you. Uh, but I also I also would be happy to get number one or any number up to 15. I, I, I'd try me, I'd chance my arm anywhere. And that's that's probably what happened, you know. So then, in in ninety seven, when when Rory was over the team, did he did he come back to you and go, "What about outfield again?" <laughs> no, I I I think that day leaving uh, Limerick after that Galway game, I think that that ship had sailed. I think. <laughs> <laughs> you became the penalty taker then in ninety six, was it, or were you already the penalty taker? You beat John O'Connor in a in a playoff, was it? Yeah, I'll tell you. Um, yeah, in in it goes back to probably the minor. In the in the year the minor, uh, I was holding the goal for the Leinster final, and we were actually beating Kenny with oh, maybe four or five minutes to go, and uh, we got a penalty, and I think we were could have been three or four points up now, and I was I was taking the penalties for the minors, and I came up to take it, and hit an absolute bullet, and it hit the crossbar, and it came back out nearly out past me, nearly past me on the way back down. And um, the ball came down the field, they stuck it over the bar, and within a few minutes they got another point, and then they got a goal in about the last, oh, I don't know, 40, 50 seconds, I'd say, to beat us in that minor final. Now, looking back on it, we tap it over the bar, another point up, and we went for the killer blow, but it didn't work that day. And probably that's, that's, where, that's where the penalties came from. And then, like you say, 
we were messing around, I suppose, training a few nights, taking penalties, and John O'Connor and myself were the last two standing, uh, taking the penalties. And we went for the best of three, and I ended up winning. And we said, right, sir, if we get a penalty, you come up and take it. And that's that's where it ended up. And from, from then on, like... Were you, were you the penalty taker in every game you played from then on or did Paul Codd come in for a few penalties or or was there ever any other competitions in training where you had to beat somebody? No, not really. We used to take a, we used to take a few um, we used to take a few with training an odd time and I'd take some uh, but then also I would get in for some from the like of Paul Codd yeah. or, or some of the lads and we knew that if, if we needed anyone to take one that Codd was there because sure, I think it was one of the games again. Was it Limerick? Was it? He stood up to twenty one and stuck it in. They were expecting him to tap it over the bar, uh, and and he buried it. You know, so he Cal was well capable of doing it as well. But I suppose after scoring the two in in ninety six, and you probably had a had a chance then to. You kind of always had uh, your name on him. But back back to the competition with John O'Connor. Were you in the goal for his ones? I would have been in the goal for his. Yeah. That was a bit of an unfair advantage. <laughs> ah, yeah, well, that's, that's the way it was. <laughs> no wonder. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did win in the goal. I tell you, there was some, there was some serious, uh, there was some serious nights now at training, taking, taking penalties and stuff. I remember one night uh, we were in in our own pitch below in Cool Reader, and I was taking penalties one night, and one of the guys got in for it. I won't name him now, but one of the guys got in for. It. I was. I used to find it hard to get lads to stand in for it now, because I can imagine. <laughs> well, you could like you could run in that time. Like you could take three or four steps and you'd be in nearly on the fourteen. But what happened was I took it, and he stuck his head down, and it struck the helmet and broke the helmet, put a crack in his helmet. That, I think that he, that night. So he was probably I, lucky he put his head down though, because I wouldn't like well, to be getting it in the face. No, so, however, uh, however hard it was to get lads to go in for a penalty in training before that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that ended it <laughs> it wasn't very easy after that <laughs> in 97 oh, then uh, Rory took over from Liam yeah would you have been happy to see Rory considering your time with him as uh, in FCJ yeah I, I would have been happy I always got on well with Rory but, but even apart from from my knowledge of Rory throughout school and that um, it was important that there was uh, continuity coming through too from 95 and 96 uh, that there wasn't going to be too much of a change and not alone from my point that I was happy but I think everyone was kind of happy at that stage that there was somebody that was in that setup was willing to put themselves forward for that like. and and I think everyone was was quite happy with that Would you think that not only did you lose Griffin, say, in 97, do you think like not bringing, for whatever reason, Neve Fitzpatrick didn't stay on as well? Do you think that had a bearing on, on things? Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I'd have, yeah, I'd have no doubt that, that probably Neve should have been involved. The effort, the effort that Neve put in and, and, and the work behind the scenes and, and the results that she got from, from our group now were, were not in chart of, of phenomenal. I'll tell you what she did now. She she brought she brought a togetherness and she brought the biggest part and, and it's a part that I would have used hugely throughout my, my career. She brought the, and I wouldn't have heard the word before that. She brought 
the visualization to another level for us now. Like, just a small little story. We were going up to Crow Park to hurl and Eve was involved, but there was works going on in Crow Park at the time. And we were going to be in, in a different dressing room, something different than we had been before. But Neve visited Crow Park and got a look at the dressing rooms, came back to us at training and said, here's the layout. You walk in, you will be talking out over here, one the whole way across here, whatever. And so when we walked in, there was nothing new. There was nothing to take your focus off the game. There was nothing to take your mind off it. You knew exactly where you were going, what you were doing. And I thought she was, she was absolutely fantastic. She was, she, she was second to none. She would have been as good as I would have ever dealt with now, to be honest, you know. And then, like, I suppose Liam, Liam in 95, 96 as well was kind of like a psychologist to the team himself. Was, I mean, it's hard to say that 97 was a disaster or anything because it wasn't. But there was a Leinster final win and games are won on the day and you were just beaten by Tipperary. Is it too much to think that there wasn't enough done in 97 or was it just like you'd won in 96 and it wasn't as as important in 97 or what what do you think happened look it's it's it's, it's a difficult a difficult one to pinpoint what, what exactly happened but you know we had heard reasonably well up to to retain the Leinster final but we probably went out against Tipperary uh there was different there was different stuff in the paper about you know us being a tough team and all this pack and to be honest we were we were more so bullied you know ourselves and and we let that happen in 97 but we also had a few niggly injuries to to some key men coming into us who would have hurled well you know in the previous year and in the Leinster championship and i think a mixture of all those things uh, took its toll on us that day you know and and looking back on it, I suppose too, they scored a goal on us in that in that day that ricocheted, you know, off the ground and up and hit one of the boys' elbow and took another ricochet in. And you know, another day you might get a closer sight at that, and you might stop it. Uh, it's a combination of all them things. And and I won't say that we didn't, uh, and I have no doubt that we didn't take the foot off the pedal in '97 because we we had tried to get through and to to say that you know. Definitely retain Leinster, and if whatever we can do to retain the All Ireland, we would have to try and do our best with that as well. And and unfortunately, you know, it came a cropper that day. Two thousand and four Leinster semi final against Kilkenny, where I think it have to be seen as very a very innovative way the way we played. Declan Root's house was it? You you stood up and started talking about the strategy. Like was this was this strategy to beat Kilkenny devised by you? Well, I won't. I won't take uh, total uh, the, all the plaudits for this now by by any manner of means. Like we we had spoke about it probably as a group, as a group, the like of of uh, Skippy and uh, Fenno and all the boys, and then we decided that look, there's only the one way that we're going to we're going to do this, and and we're going to have to to meet up, and we're going to have to to have everybody that's that's involved in our poke out strategy. In, in the one place and we're going to have to have a talk about this and because for years and why, why we why we didn't do it earlier is is beyond me but like for years we were we were poking it out and we were putting it down onto a platform of 
the five, six, and seven from Kilkenny who were lording it over lads. And it was only maybe you were winning, I don't know, 15%, 20, 25% at the, at the outmost of, of puckouts. So we said, we can't be giving them that sort of uh, percentage to be driving it back into us and putting us under pressure. So we said, right, so we'd meet up at, at Declan's house and we met up at Declan's and I spoke and Declan spoke and Fenno spoke and, you know, so it was it was across the board and it was like the half-forwards had to have their say as well because their movement that day was was vital for for our plan to work that, you know, when when they when one created space, one moved across and then I tried to find the space and hit the ground where the ball was to give our lads some sort of a chance to get onto it. A few of them were hit short to the half-back line and a few of them were hit short to Fenno in the middle of the field and he caught some low and whatever. And for that day, it worked like, you know, we kind of caught him by surprise, I suppose. And, and in saying that, sure, you know, stroke a look at the end too for it to end up as a win. Yeah. It was a stroke of luck, but I think if you watch the game, like Wexford, they deserved it. I think Brian Hogan was on, I listened to him talking recently and he was saying that it wasn't just that goal. Like it was clearly they couldn't get to grips with what Wexford were doing. There's no doubt they were, they were a bit frazzled because very seldom you hear them, you know, they are, are Kenny forward shouting back at the backs and, and giving them a bit of an earful to say, you know, what's happening? We're not winning. We're not getting the ball that we want because their game probably relied on their halfback line getting it. And the minute they got it, the forwards knew where to go, when to run, and then we we're under pressure. So we had turned it around a bit that day. And, you know, there's no doubt about it. It, it, it definitely worked that day and it came true for to, to to end up, you know, a great win. But sure, it was a great win only because of that unbelievable block by Mick Jacobshire. Yeah, it was an unbelievable win. Um, and then in the Leinster final... It was a great win too, but I think you, you had a lot to do with that. Did Wexford kind of go in, did that, into that Leinster final a bit complacent after beating Kilkenny and then kind of you had to save the day? Yeah, look, it, 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 it was... I don't know if it was complacent. We we wouldn't have had beaten Offaly that many times either. Uh, it was great to get over for to get over to Kenny in the semi-final. Uh, there's no doubt about that, but we were going into it, I'd say, knowing that Offaly were waiting for us in the long grass. And it probably took us a while and it took the lads a while to get going. And luckily, on that day, you know, there was a few stops in the first half, there was three or four, and there's days you stop them and there's days you won't stop them. But that was one of the days that, that you go out and whatever it is about it, you're going, yeah, it's just, just not a bad day. You're, you feel good within yourself and... and you know, whatever comes your way, you, you nearly can deal with whatever comes your way. Yeah, well, like I'm, I'm, I think back on it myself, and as a supporter, I was well, probably sixteen at the time, and as a sixteen-year-old supporter, I was complete. I was thinking we've beaten Kilkenny. That was the Leinster final. Like we were already celebrating, nearly. Yeah, yeah. Um, we did were, that create that kind of the the supporters with with the hype building back up around the team? Did that ever get? get in on you or would it have helped you? Well, well it wouldn't have it wouldn't have gone in on me now because you know that was you're there you're probably more or less seasoned enough at that stage and the like of 
because I remember that that week or two leading up to that, and I would have been going to the rest of the lads, and I'd been I, and Fenno would have been the same, and we'd have been going. That's you know, there's there's nothing simple. There's not there's going to be nothing simple about this game. We we have beaten Kilkenny, right? But if we don't win against Offaly, the game against Kilkenny will be will be a complete waste. Nothing. Yeah, and mean and mean nothing. So what we were saying was we have to be clued in. We have to be focused and we have to, you know, give the very same effort as we gave that day and do the same, you know, and and probably add a little bit to it to get over the line. And, you know, we we, we hurled, we didn't hurl very well for maybe 30 minutes of that game, 25 minutes, 30 minutes. But, you know, after that then we, we kind of got into it and, and you know, held, held on and, and uh, just barely got over the line, Chuck. Why weren't those same same tactics? Like the tactics against Kilkenny obviously worked. How come they did you only decide that they were suitable for Kilkenny or why did they not like continue into other games? Yeah, it's probably it's probably a thing that, you know, we looked at and we said that like we probably didn't think that their halfback line would have been quite as strong. And we thought that maybe if we if we can we ch- we we probably tried to change it up a little bit more and put a few lot because we actually thought that they would have been looking at that. Uh, semi-final and we'd say you know well what they're going to do now is they're going to stop this short hook out they're going to do this so we decided that look we'd, we'd go back to probably the original one and see what way it went look there was a few short ones in it as well uh, probably not as much as, as as there could have been or should have been that's that's really you know we were we were thinking I'd been thinking down the line that you know just we're going to have to deal with some fella coming across now in front and cutting off a short hook out to the midfield or the half forward line would have seen they would have seen the way our half forwards were switching against Kenny. What do we do? We'll go with our man. So if we go with our man, that cuts out space. So look, you're you're trying to think you're you're trying to think before they think. And uh, uh some days that that's okay and more days it's not. Being in the goal for Wexford, you obviously you obviously would have had a few days where you're fairly busy. Would you think uh, that in a way that kind of Helped you like to get the not the notoriety because you were well, you had well enough opportunities to showcase <laughs> your your talents. <laughs> yeah, look, sure, sure. There's there's there was plenty of those days. Um, there was plenty of those days, and I suppose when you're in that position of of the goalkeeper, personally, I don't want to see the ball talk, <laughs> and, and the less the less I see of it, the better. But when it comes your way, you have to be ready for it, whether it's three times in the game or seven times or ten times. So I I always used to be to be of the, the, the opinion, and even still when you'd be talking to lads, you'd be saying that look, if you're playing in that position, you have to be one hundred percent focused. You have to you have to uh be ready for that ball to land at your feet in maybe be you know, 10, 15 seconds from the far end of the field. Like it's 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 lightning pace. It's two strokes, it's up there and it's there at you. Because if you if, if if at any stage that, that you lose your concentration, I think you're you're lost in that position. And and just going back to, to what you spoke about earlier and, and Nee Fitzpatrick, she would have been she would have been huge on that as well. She would have taught me that, you know, when you go out on the pitch, that the minute you set foot on the goal we had a, a traffic light system and it was, you know, the usual, it's red and it's it's uh, amber. And then the minute the ball is thrown in, it's green. So then everybody is focused. And she had me a kind of clued in that 
the minute that light goes green, you are standing in the goal and there's nobody behind you. And all that you have to worry about is in front of you between the white lines. Forget about what's up left and right and back behind the other goal and back behind you. Just concentrate on your job and what's in between the white lines. And I think, in fairness to her, that, that, that stood to me a good bit over the years too. Like. Would you have ever had, say, an issue with, with concentration when the ball, say, wasn't, wasn't around you for a bit? No, I'd be... I'll tell you what I'd be. I'd be... I would I, I would have spoke to umpires. I would I would chat away to him, and I would I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say I had a problem with concentration, but you can't I suppose uh, say that you're going to yeah you have to you have to give yourself some sort of of a release at some stage, and if that's you know Griffin running around behind the goal and he said to you how's things and you say yeah grand no bother and he'd say poke it out such and such a way grand no hassle and you'd be grand. But if you're too tense and if you're too uptight in there, that's bad for you as well. So that'd be the way you like if if you were needing to keep your concentration, you'd kind of just take a little bit of time out to chat to an umpire for a second. Just they're the kind of techniques you use to keep yourself yeah. focused. Yeah, absolutely. And then get back onto the line and go, yeah, we're back, we're back into in into the job at hand, as to say. As Ben kind of touched on there, there was years with Wexford that things didn't go so well and you would have been kept very busy. Was it frustrating like being in the goal and looking, having the full view of the pitch, looking out at everything and seeing how things were unfolding badly or maybe seeing players not being in position or and stuff like that. And was, was there anything you could do about it? Look, I would have been, uh, yeah, there's definitely times that you were standing in the goal and you'd say, Geez, we need, you know, we need to do something. And the only chance you get, and I think there's a picture maybe of that game against Kenny was taken, and I would have sent for for John Connor to come come down to me. You know, I wanted to talk to him because I could see what was happening where I was, and I needed him to make a change. Now, what change? I expect that far. I can't remember now, but definitely, and and be it be it before the game or be it at at, at half time. I wasn't afraid to to say what I what I saw or to say what I thought. Now, that's not saying that everybody that was there was very happy with that. But I was the one that was giving up all my time, the same as all them lads. So I thought that if I if I had something you know constructive to say, you know I was going to say it, and and it was always for the good of of the result of the, of the match. Like. You know, there was not never, there was not never uh, personal about it. And I'd say, if you speak to anyone that I heard of it, I don't think any of them ever took it personally. But it was, it was the way I was. And if I had something to say, there's no point in going home that night and sitting and Jesus, look, I, I, I saw that, but I didn't say anything because you know it's too late then. And when you said no one ever took it personally, but at the time of saying it, were they kind of like? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There was there was probably there was probably several times that lads had said, "Jesus, where is this fellow coming from?" Or you know, who does he think he is? Or or whatever. But uh, like I said, yeah, it was only for for the good yeah. of the, the 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 lads personally and for the good of Wexford, you know, the Wexford hurling team. It was not it was not never like that. But yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be behind the door now in 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 uh, if some lad was was out of order and. Uh, wasn't Martin up or anything? Uh, you'd hear me. 
So there was never there was never a situation where a young lad comes in for his first game and you absolutely destroy him at halftime. No, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't say that. But but if he wasn't if he wasn't uh, up to the uh, you know up to the mark and uh, he he might as well hear it the first day. Uh, then as he as he hears it, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Uh, it's it's his quick learning curve in there, and uh, you need to be doing it. There's not yeah. someone specific Ben you're referring to there, no, is there? <laughs> no, not at all. I don't have I don't have an anecdote for him. <laughs> Thank God. Get I, 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 I was I was waiting for for uh, for somebody to be mentioned there. <laughs> now, this has been cited a, a couple of times. Uh, Darren Stamp said it, and and Gizzy said it that in John Myler's time that Paddy Murphy was doing great uh, strength and conditioning work, and he didn't come back for year two. And they were yeah. quite upset. Would you have felt the same that you felt he should have been back in year two? Well, I'll have to say uh, I would have been coming very close to, to the end of my sure Myler was the last two. Yeah, Myler was the last two and then Colin Bonner was my last year. Polly Murphy in 2008 with John Myler. Uh, at the end of that year uh, or even that year of 2008 uh, I would probably been have been as fit as I was the previous six or seven years, I'd say. I, I took on board that year. I said that, look, this man is in here and I know I'd had seen him on the telly and, and whatever, doing the, the programs and all. And I said, like, this lad knows his stuff and he was he was exceptional uh, at, at his job. Whatever happened there, I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't ask the question, probably should have asked the question. But I do remember when John Myler... Um, when John Myler took over, the first training that we did, we went to St. Helens in Rosslayer. We went down on a Thursday night. We met there on a Thursday night and we trained all day Friday, all day Saturday, and a small bit Sunday morning and then played a game of golf and then went home. But I never put a weekend over me like that ever before with, with that. And I was talking to Myler coming away. I had blisters on my hands from hurling the ball against the wall down in Rosslare in that indoor arena. And I said to Myler coming away, I said, but Lord, that that was a serious weekend training. I said, what's the idea of that? And he said, I'll know after this weekend who I want and who I don't want. And that was his, that was his mentality. But that also included Paddy Murphy. Paddy was inside in the gym down in Rosslare. So he was taking six or seven. Then the rest of us were out doing training, physical outside, and then someone else, maybe eight or ten, in the ham- in the hurling arena. So it was done like that. And then it was into, for swimming, the Talbot and different stuff, and into the cryo and all that. But Paddy Murphy that year was, was exceptional. And I think he had lads absolutely flying. And he was definitely a huge loss, I think, in the second year. So that that weekend, or more than a weekend, really, but it wasn't as much a physical training session as a as a mental training session. For, yeah, well, for, for Myler. Well, it was it, it was definitely it was definitely both. Um, yeah, Gary, because he he we were going strong. The, the next morning we got up on the Friday morning we got up and it was pitch dark, and and he drove his car down to the beach, and we had to run behind the lights of the car because we couldn't see where we were going. And that was that was that for that was the introduction on the Friday morning, and it just was hurling. Then it was gym work, it was whatever the whole day by teeth, 
back in again inside hurling and the whole it went on just went on and on and continuous but like but what you're saying the, the point you're making is I think it was both it was yeah. trying to get into lads heads this is what's required and then burst them as well to see who was going to stand up to it who will last for until Sunday at dinner time and who won't and yeah. can I weed out four or five that are on the panel that are only there because they want the handy number yeah, and, and that's and, and that was that was his interpretation that weekend. So the big question is, who was dropped on the Monday morning? <laughs> well, I wasn't. <laughs> and, and, after, and after that, I don't know. <laughs> that, there would have been holy war if you were dropped in. <laughs> there would, I'd say, yeah. But uh, no, look. Um, there was a few. There was a few came and said, "Look, if that's going to be the way, we're not going to be able to to, to maintain that and whatever." But uh, yeah, but just getting back to it, like he was, he, he was, he was a huge loss, but a, a fantastic trainer. Was there ever a time when you were being put through tough training like that that maybe the outfield players were doing that you would have thought, "I don't need to be doing this. I'm the goalkeeper." Oh, nearly every day. <laughs> 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 nearly every day. I, I, I wasn't the greatest fan of running now and anyone that you talk to will tell you that, that as well and I have no great problem with that but um, yeah I remember I remember we were training for, for 96 and we were training Ross Lair and I think we could have been down in, in this famous Bally Trent we were down in the tent but Sean Collier was doing the training another another tough bit of stuff now uh, but he had us down on the beach and we were we were running into the water and we were down doing press ups and then you were coming back out and you were doing press-ups on the sand and you were covered in sand, the way of the sand, the way of the water, you were back in. And at one stage I went, uh, here, here, I've enough of this. And I went to him and I said, here, what is this about? And he said, what do you mean? And he said, this, this is the guess. And I said, look, if I ever have to come out of goal in Crow Park, I said, I'd get down and do press-ups in sand and water. I said, then I'll do it. I said, well, I, I can't ever see myself having to do that. <laughs> but obviously, I was I was ran back in and and uh, told the line and, and kept at it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you would have been a you would have been a fan of of John Myler as a coach in general. No, am I wrong with that? Oh, abs- absolutely. And what happened? And what happened to John Myler the way he was like, oh, was was an absolute scandal. Was an absolute scandal. I know what happened. I was I, 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 I was actually away. I was away on a week's holidays and I came back and I went back to work on the Monday and I was driving around and I got a phone call from John Myler and he said to me, I've been let go. And I said, Yeah, good man. What's what are you on about? He said, I'm telling you. He said, I've just had a meeting. He said, in Dungarvan. And he said, I've been let go. And he said, Will you stop? What are you on about? He said, No, I'm telling you. He said, I'm on the way back to Cork here now. That's what happened. Uh, some of the boys went to him and went to the county board and said uh, they weren't happy with the way John was was training and this and that and the other and they wanted him gone. And that's what that's the way it happened. With some of the senior players. Yeah. Even as one of the most senior players at the time. I had no knowledge because I was away. I was in I was actually in Spain for the week and they had a meeting when I was away. Now I'm not saying if I had been at it, but I guarantee you, I'd have put a fair fight up, you know, for, for to keep him like. Do you think it was strategically done when you were away? Ah, I don't, I, I, I wouldn't say that now. 
I, 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 I have no knowledge of whether that was the case or not. So I'm not going to say yes, it was, it was done when I was away. But, but I, I, to this day, I suppose I, I wouldn't be happy with the way that was the, the way it was done now. You know, and the way he was dealt with, like. And would you have felt disrespected in the way it was done? Probably to probably to a, a small extent. Not in that. Not in that. I'd, I'd get overly concerned about now. But yeah. but but I would say you know I I would have been after being there for maybe whatever fourteen or fifteen years. You'd say you know maybe maybe we'll we'll have a chat to him and see what he thinks. But that that obviously wasn't done. But you know, but that's not. I didn't as let's say didn't leave didn't lose any sleep over now. Majority of the time playing at Wexford, the puck out strategies like would 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 a lot of it have been down to you having to come up with them, or would the manager say this is where the puck outs are going? No, all to me. Every single bit, more or less, yeah, more or less, because if you're if you're if you're concentrating and you're doing your job in that position and you're you're watching that game closely seeing the outcome like if I was in the goal still and I was poking the ball out to Larry Murphy on the wing and Larry wins it right well it's a no-brainer like right he has the capacity to win that the next time now, I'm not going to kill him and keep him all on top of him. But you see, I was probably spoiled too because I had Larry Murphy and I had Story in the half-forward lane most of the time when I was hurling. And all you had to do for the two of them was to put the ball within maybe a foot or two foot of any of the two of them. And they would give one huge effort to get it for you. Like. Rory Mack was on the smaller scale, so Mack was there to pick up the brakes like you know you could hit a short one to Liam Dunn no problem skill he'd want to on the hurl it'd be into his hand so what I'm really saying to you is you, you should you should nearly have the, the confidence yourself if you're playing in there to say no look I don't need anyone to tell me where to book this I can see the game I can read the game I see where I want to book it out so 99% of the time it would have been my, my choice. We'll say that's that's in the game, but in training, would you would you ever work on anything? And would it be you that's working on it with the players you're hitting it to, or would it be the manager saying, "Let's work on this for a puck out"? Oh yeah, no, no, definitely, definitely. There was some like there was definitely some things that we worked on throughout, you know, over the years. But but the, the point, uh, like Griffin would have been very good. I had Rory, any the most of the managers that were there would have a say of, you know, if we can get it into that wing or get it to here. And that was fine. But the point that I, I was trying to make there was that when it yeah, comes yeah. down to the, when it comes down to the heat of battle in the in the match, you have yeah. somebody coming up and saying, Pug it out to him, poke it out to him, keep it away from him. You should know that yourself. And you should see that happening. So how would you feel about having uh, if you had a man a man behind the goal giving you instructions? He probably wouldn't be there very long. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you why he'd want to be. He'd want to be in some hurler. <laughs> so it wouldn't have been for you? <laughs> no, not really. Not really. You know, and like I said earlier, my my job was when I stood in there was to block out anything that was happening behind me. Behind you. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and he, he and he unwanted and he unwanted noise. <laughs> he, he'd just be there, Damien, yeah. Damien, <laughs> Damien. <laughs> Do you think you spent like most of your most of your club career? Would say you spent uh, playing out the field for the Duffery. Do you think yeah. that helped you in playing in the goal for Wexford being an advantage or maybe a disadvantage? I would say it was probably an advantage. I'll tell you why now. Um, you see, I, I, I would have started. I would have started even in say in the FCJ. I would have, I would have hurled on the senior hurling team in the FCJ in second year, and I would have hurled uh, in the goal for the Duffy Rover senior hurling team at fifteen. We played Ferns in Belfield, uh, and I was only fifteen, and I was in the senior hurling goal. So, moving on then. I, I would have moved out the field. And the reason why I'm talking about out the field is when you're out the field, you have to be far quicker with your swing. You get hooked, you get blocked and all these things. And I found out when I was hurling out the field for the club, it used to, it used to speed me up a little bit because you get ahead and you have to get rid of it. And then when I'd be after hurling goal for a long spell and then try to come back out and hurl out the field, because you're in the goal and you're taking puck outs and your swing is a lot uh, slower and all and I used to get hooked for sport when you come back for after a while until you got up to the pace of the game so the more I hurled out the field I thought myself your eye would be better you know your eye would be far better and you'd be, you'd be your reactions would be far better in the goal so without a doubt it would have helped me you know it just re- reminded me of one, one of the or- Less good moments. Uh, was it the 2001 against Limerick when Begley hooked you? Yeah. And Limerick got the goal. Uh, I think that was on the locker gale. And the way you talked about it was that you you just said that that's done now. There's no point in thinking about that. That moment is yeah. over. Mm. Is, that, is that the way any any mistake, you didn't make too many of them, but if there was ever a mistake, it was a part of the psychology that that's done now. You can't do anything about it. Good. On to the next one. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and for anyone anyone that plays in that position, they have to have that mentality that if it goes in, it's history. Because there's nothing you can do about it. Now, I would have been and I, I tell this story too when I'm doing it, say an odd time I do a bit of goalkeeping, um goalkeeping sessions and stuff. I would have been in, in the club down in the Duffery one night and there was there was a minor game on. And a big high ball came in and the goalkeeper uh, went up to catch it. I, I don't know what club it was, but he went up to catch it and then he laid in off his hand into the goal. Well, he went over to the goalpost, pulled across it with his hurl, threw his hurl back into the net, picked up another hurl, poked it out, came back, got his other hurl. And before he knew where he was, the ball was back in again and back in in the back of the net. So in, in everything I wanted to do, I wanted to go over and say to him, you know, Cheers, look, if if something goes in, you know, and I, I wouldn't go over unless, you know what I mean, I was asked to go over. But yeah. what you what I would say to him was, you may forget about it. Like, if it goes in, unfortunately it's gone in, but you may forget about it. It's in the past. It'll never, ever be wiped off the scoreboard. But the next one, you have a chance, providing that you focus on the next ball coming in as quick as you can and forget about the one that went in. And that's, that's more or less the way it works, yeah? And then after that mistake, you went up and stuck a penalty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's you see, that, that that was that was something too that that's uh, going up to that one. You're saying 
you, you're you obviously have a bit of of um, of uh, ground to make back for the lads. You know, I knew myself I was after making a horrible mistake, and I have a chance now to redeem that to cancel out the goal of Indian by getting a goal. And yeah, is that kind of though? Is that kind of letting the goal play that the mistake play on you a bit by thinking that? this is your chance to redeem yourself? Or is that kind of using the psychology of it more positively and the negative way would have been to, oh, Jesus, if I miss this, <laughs> I've yes. made two mistakes. Yeah, well, the negative the negative way would be, Paul, can take that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, whereas, no, I, I was I was using it, you know, like you say, as 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 a positive to go and say, I can do this. But, but uh, once again, going back to the point of when it goes in, you know, really what you're trying to do is say, from my position here on the line, I can't let that interfere with what happens here on the goal line. Where you're going up the other end of the field, it's a different story. You have to be 100% positive going up there and say, yeah. well, this is going to hit the American net and that's it. How do you feel about the, the new rules for penalties and, and 21-yard freeze, considering you're a specialist penalty taker and would have been in the goal, obviously? I don't know. Um, I just I tell you, if, if if you hit it anywhere right at all, the keeper have no chance. You know, when he's in there, when he's in there on his own, I don't think, I don't think, yeah. I, would you stop? I don't know. Would you stop two out ten? I doubt. I, I doubt very much. If 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 the guy that's hitting it is practicing him and he goes to either post, high or low, I don't think you're going to. I don't. You're not going to have much of a chance. You're not going to have much of a chance. And especially now when you can't move in. Now I know that all came from Anthony Nash, uh, nearly end up on edge of square. But yeah, it's a it's it's a difficult one. Probably already taking him. Probably wouldn't 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 chance uh, or wouldn't fancy getting in for most of them now on your own. You know. I look at it and think of your two of your best moments. of Wexford was that last minute uh, twenty-one yard free against Limerick in 01 and the same against Tipperary in 07 to get to. To win the quarter, two quarter finals, mm. they've kind of they've almost by not allowed bring it past twenty one. I feel they've almost outlawed scoring goals from twenty one yard frees. To an extent, yeah, 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 yeah. There's no, there's no doubt about that. And probably looking back on that Tipperary one, looking back on the Tipperary one, and when you see it from behind the goal, uh, must I don't know what it was on there one night, but that probably should have been stopped. It was a perfect height. You know, probably didn't hit as well as I wanted to hit. It was the perfect height, and they probably should have done a bit better than stopping that. But the the Limerick one was was probably bang on on where you needed to go. Like you needed an inch or two under the crossbar, and as hard as you can hit, and you'll 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 get most of them. But uh, yeah, the 20, you, you won't get too many goals out from twenty ones. I think that's leading to the cynicism of pulling lads down, sure. Before that was that was a goal scoring opportunity. Yes, no, it's not. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt about that. When you saw a fella bearing down on goal to take a shot, would you like try? Would you be trying to predict where he's going to shoot it, or would you just kind of wait and it'd be almost pure, kind of rely on your reactions? It was probably um, probably a little bit of both. What I used to do was maybe maybe if a lad was running through, I'd I, I I'd come out a bit. And let him see me coming out, and let him and I might go to one side a little bit, and he go well. He's gone over to that side. I go to the side where there's more room, and have a shot. And in my head, 
I'd be saying, yeah, well, he's, I'm after moving now. He's probably going to go where there's more room. And I'd be try to be that little bit uh, ahead of him. Yeah, look, it, it works sometimes. Wouldn't work against the like of Rory McCarty. Used to be coming in one-on-one in training. And I'd do the move and I'd, I'd get ready for him. And the next minute he'd stick it over your shoulder in the side that you weren't thinking he was going to put in. And he'd be laughing at you going around Boston on the way back house. But, you know, that's, that was the skill that, that Mac had, you know. And there's one specific technique. I, I Maybe I'm wrong now, but I don't see it too often anymore. But when you were playing and you'd have a shot, you'd almost have this kind of technique where you're you're saving it, but you're also kind of scooping it out to the side mm. to get it, get it out of danger. Was that a specific technique that you worked on? Yeah, it's, it's, it's like it's probably going back to what I said earlier there was, I never wanted it anywhere near me at all. The, the furthest it could be away from me, the better. So I always said that if, if there was a chance that I could get it away 10 or 15 yards even, you know, the last, last place I wanted it was at my feet. You know, so if I could stop it and get it away, that was great. And if it's at your feet, you're just going to be lads coming in and absolutely, you know, burst you. So, look, there was a few, there was a few efforts Um Came in and you, you get your hurl to it and you probably try and get at some sort of an angle that it'll either go right or go left away from, from the danger running straight in at you. When that works, yeah, it looks great. But some days they don't all work out so well. Ben loves the chaos, especially from 21 yard freeze when it's saved and it's down on the ground and everyone's <laughs> running into it. I do. I think that was one of the best things to watch. You know, class. <laughs> Like when you look back on the, the Nash penalties and I think there's a declare goalie running out to meet him. Yeah. Incredible to watch. Yeah, incredible, yeah. Incredible for about four days after and you're rubbing Arnica into the bruise. Well, I think they have to do... I thought, there's no talk of that. There's no talk. They seem to be happy with the penalties and the, the 21-yard freeze the way they are. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be, wouldn't be a fan of them now. Yeah, we're good. We're good times then. When you get a bit of a jostling around the square. <laughs> How did you decide to to call it a day with Wexford in the end? Well, sure, look, I, um, I was getting to the stage that I was probably, I don't know, up around 35, 34, 35. I had given, I had given 17 years uh, service to the to the senior hurling team. It's funny, funny when you when you look back on it. From the time I I started the championship in '93 till I finished it in 2009, I, I never missed the senior hurling championship game. Like some lads, some lads would have you know injuries. Some lads would have suspensions or whatever, and they'd miss an odd game. But I was lucky enough to to miss no championship game in those years. Like, and I had hurled. Under 21, I were minor the whole way along. So, in total, you, you were over 20 years at it. Like, and I had decided, like, look, this this, this is enough now. And Do you think the, the rest of the goalkeepers in the county and on the panel had a little celebration? <laughs> <laughs> I should look like some, some, Someone else might be able to get a championship match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should look. Uh, but look, that's, that's just the way it was. Gary, it was... It was it was luckily no injuries, no anything the whole way up along. And, uh, you know, for to, for to be able to do it, I'm sure it was great. 
There was never a young hotshot goalie who came in and you were worried about him taking your spot? Oh, sure, look there, was, look, there was plenty of goalies there. Like Paul Carley was in there for years and Matty White was in for years. And, you know, Paul Paul turned his hand to, to wing forward. Got a goal in that uh, Leinster final in 2004. Uh, yeah. Matty was there. Dermot Flynn was there from Ratnior. You know, Noel Carton was there from Clebon. Plenty, plenty of great goalkeepers, you know. But look, I, I was just there and... and at the start of the year, you decide to give it your best and you try your best. And, and if it's good enough, you're, you're playing. And if it's not good enough, sure, you know, it's, it was time for someone else to get a go. When Paul Carley was in a sub-goalkeeper, did you say to him jokingly, yeah, go go try outfielder? <laughs> <laughs> see see no, how you get sure. <laughs> he, he was a bit like myself, sure. He played a good bit of outfield ah, yeah. with, Lynn, with, with Lynn, you know. So he, he, had, um, he had plenty going for him too, like. From that 96 team and panel, what was it like for you to see each of them drop off? Like, I mean, we, we talked to to a, a couple of them, and especially Larry O'Gorman, about when he finished up and stuff. But you were the you were the last surviving member of the 96 panel that was in the panel, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. And was, did you realise that at the time that, geez, I'm the last one left? Or uh, sure, sure you would. But look, the 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 easy the easy end of it, you know, it wouldn't have been as taxing taxing for for me you know you're out there during the, the games and you get no shots or you get no you know hardship on the body or most of that stuff uh you you, you get away from that uh in, in the position i was playing in so you'd have to have that little bit of, of longevity you know more more than the rest of the lads uh because it, it has to take its toll on the boys but yeah sure look they were they were dropping off they were they were going Fairly constant from 96, 97, the whole way up to, you know, I don't know when the last one left, maybe 2007 or 8 or whatever it was. Yeah, uh, it was it was just 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 a position that I played in. It was probably a lot a lot simpler for me for me to, to stay and, and, and to, yeah. give that, to give that a little bit more. And none of them were like calling you up going, come on, Damien, Jesus, right crack here when you when you don't have to go training. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, 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 there was none of, there was none of them like that. There was none of them like that, but um, I suppose when you do finish up, you realise that you realise the time that you'd you'd be after given, you know, yeah. the time that you'd be after giving it to the nights, training, the weekends, the you know, and and even however bad it is uh, or was, and at the time we were doing it, and I'd have to say this, no doubt about, it, I wouldn't change, I wouldn't change a thing. There was a lot of stuff missed. There was a lot of holidays with the boys. All this stuff, you miss all them, you know, over them years and. But that, that didn't bother me one little bit, you know, at, at the time. Because when you say you're going to do something and you're going to give it your all, you give it your all. You know, because if not, you're only, yeah. paying, you're, you're only paying lip service to it. Did you ever play in the goal for the club? Oh, yes, yes, I did. Yeah. Even, like, it would have been mostly outfield though, wasn't it? Uh, mo- yeah, mostly outfield. Uh, I ended up, uh, when, I fin- when I finished up and retired, I was back in the goal. Yeah, that was short-lived too. I think I played two hurling games after I retired from Wexford and then I went to kick football one evening, uh, junior football, and uh, I broke my knee and dislocated my kneecap. That finished my hurling career <laughs> and football career. <laughs> after so long without any injuries. Yeah. Oh, it was un- unbelievable. I think it was my third game after I retired. But uh, yeah, sure, look, that's, that's the way it was. You'll still tug out every now and again though, will you? I try and tug out once a year for uh, the hurling for cancer in Newbridge uh, yeah. 
and that's that. That's the extent of it now. I played with you uh, last the last time, 2019, and yeah. I think the, the two best performers on the day were yourself and Brendan Cummins. What, what was that all about? You haven't lost anything, have you? No, sure. Look, I tell you, I I, I hadn't hurled in. I, I hurled, like I said, yeah, I hurled one game a year, and that's and that's that game. I'd be very friendly with Jim, uh, with Jim Bolger, and um, every year he's on and sends down a few tickets and. We try and, and help out as best we can. And I actually rang Brendan Cummins last year to see what he come and hurl. But my idea was that he would hurl one half for Jim's team and I would hurl the other half. But, the, <laughs> but the, Davey Russell took him and put him in the goal for him. So uh, <laughs> I found him. Yeah, but look, that was that, that that was that was the way it was. And and like when you go up there, you, you you're that that competitive instinct. It's it's in you, and it'll never ever leave you. Whether you're sixty years of age or you know thirty years of age. And you're going up and you're going to try. And if, if you can get to it at all, you'll give a go to try and stop it. And I think that if, if that's not in you, don't bother talking out. Just go up and give your tenor and win and watch it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You pulled off some outrageous saves that day. I think one or two of them were from, from Hoggy, from Patrick Horgan, that were the ones he'll put straight into the into the top bins like and you were oh, yeah, I, th- yeah. I think he, he was expecting them to go into the top bins and next thing your big hurl comes across and stops it yeah well two or three went into the big bins he was okay <laughs> <laughs> he gone up he gone up but uh, no look that's a that's a that's a fantastic thing to do and, and the crowds that turn up at that now like I think there was five or six thousand out there uh, that year and they're after going over the million euro mark and uh, yeah yeah hopefully there'll be another one now in uh, 2021 Asher, look, please God, but um, it's a it's a it's a fantastic night, and and uh, Jim, uh, like I said, he's a friend of mine, and and would have been a huge follower uh, of Wexford Hurling, and uh, uh, you won't get a better Wexford man than Jim. How do you feel about the way the the way the Wexford senior team are now? Do you think they're on on the right track, or what are your thoughts on the way they play? Well, before before I mentioned that. I have to say I, I wouldn't have been at a game in the last number of years now. I don't. Uh, I haven't been. I haven't gone to home. So to be to be talking about them, I, I can only give my opinion on what I see on the telly. So like it was fantastic for him to get back and to win that Leinster final. But very very unlucky in the in the All Ireland semi final against Tipperary, and 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 unfortunate for 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 last year to happen the way it happened. And and you know we went back and we got two two fairly. Serious hidings, really. You know, if you if you look at it, so I, I I do think personally, you know, they're they're doing okay. They're competing again, whereas there was a, a number of lean years that we weren't competing and getting good hidings. Um, so it's it, it's good to see it's good to see the crowds back. It's good to see the the followers back and having something something to cheer about. But I think that you know we're, we're still we're still probably a level below maybe three or four teams within within the, the, the championship. And that's that's my own honest opinion. I suppose last year was a hard one to judge for everyone, but uh, all we can do is hope for this year. But sure probably was a hard one it was a hard one to judge for everyone except Limerick. Everyone probably yeah, well that's true. <laughs> <laughs> they, they didn't have too many problems. No. <laughs> yeah, well hopefully there's something played this year and Hopefully, Wexford do well when it is. Yeah, but sure, that's 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 the thing. 
So we'll ask you a few uh, quick fire questions. And the first one is the best player you've ever played with. Now, I know I heard with you in that 2019 hurling for cancer, but you don't have to say me. Right, so you're, exempt, you're exempt from this. I'm, I'm exempt from this. But uh, yeah, who's the best Did, The best player that you've ever played with? This, and I had you wrote down here and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Look, sure, I, I, I was lucky, I suppose, over those years to hurl with some... some some serious operators, you know, and and some guys that that would would grace the field with any with any team that you know would have left and and I suppose for his for his um for his total for his total hurling and his brain and the whole lot I think probably the best hurler I ever heard was Liam Don. You know he was and and the best thing about him was too he he had your back too, you know um, every day. Now it's it's. I'd have to say it's a very close call between himself and Larry O'Gorman because there was a man that on, on every occasion he rose to it. You know, and he just loved he just loved that uh, that feeling of of going up there and, and producing the goods. And to be fair to him, he was just an exceptional bit. But but Liam just, just shades it, you know, overall. This one you can you can have your choice. You can either the toughest player you ever had to mark, or the toughest player that you ever had coming in, coming in on you on goal. Yeah, sure. Look, um, we'll po- possibly, possibly Joe Rabbit there for the toughest player to, you had to mark, wasn't? Yeah, I, I tell you, I could nearly I could nearly have the same fella. I could nearly have the same fella as the best hurler I ever hurled with. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, no, look, uh, you'd have to. Uh, I'd probably have to go with with, with Henry Shefflin. You know, he was he was something else. Like, and and what people what people look at him and they see him and they they say, you know, he was a fantastic man to get a score and all. But the work that he used to put in, and and I used to see it probably really close up. Like, the work that he used to put in with the hassling, with the harrying, with the hooking, with trying to get in a block or something on some of the backs coming out. He was a he was a fierce competitor, like, and he was he was some bit of stuff. And uh, if you if you go further back that field, I don't think you get any better than Tommy Walsh, as well. I used to, you know, even even when I was finished, and you'd be looking at him and all. Uh, he was he was something else. I tell you a little story about Tommy Walsh. I hurled uh, intercounty in the railway cup there uh, one year. And it was coming near the end of me finishing up as well. And Tommy Welch was, was changed and he was hurling me forward at the time. And uh, <laughs> I, I was used to, at this stage, my half-forward line had changed away from Story and Larry Murphy. And I had half-forwards and they were telling me, poke it out to the wing, will you? And I'll run on to it because I'm not great on a high ball and all this. I was in the restaurant in Crow Park. It was on before the, the Shinty, I think, was on in, in Crow Park. And uh, Tommy Welch came over to me in the dressing room. Didn't stop now uh, or anything. Was walking past me. And he went, caught me by the arm. And he goes, poke him out as high as you like. <laughs> and kept going. <laughs> and, kept, and I was going, she's discreet. <laughs> so just, just get and put it in the general direction of Tommy. And there was no bother. <laughs> uh, so he was happy enough. Cheers was great. <laughs> <laughs> like. Yeah, yeah. What type of hurl did you use? It was only the one, man. Only the one. 
Mr. Albert Randall, Mr. Albert Randall, to, to this day, I give Marine a month or so before the match in Newbridge. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, and I call down and the hurdle is ready, ready there for you. The best, the best of sticks. He was, he was just, and never, ever, I used to give Marine and say, Albert, I'm stuck there for a stop and stick and I'm stuck for a pug out stick or whatever, you know, and he would have the absolute dream of a stick waiting for you. And to this day, he's, he's, he's exceptional. And I was only down before Christmas actually getting one for young one here. She's only four or that. So I said I'd start, I'd said I'd start her off with the best one and the best man to make a hurl anyway and see, see, can we make, <laughs> see, can we make a camogie player over? <laughs> if you had one player to go to war with, who would it be? Yeah, sure. I've mentioned him already. Has to be Liam Dunn. Yeah. Liam is a regular regular answer for that question. Ah, yeah. <laughs> look, look, he's, he's um, what do you call it? Um, it speaks for himself. He wasn't the biggest man in the world now. He was some bit of stuff. Yeah. You know, he he was, and skillful, like a sidestep, a sidestep to die for. You know, he was, he sold more lads' gummies, but I'll tell you one thing, it was unbelievable. And left and right, and high or low, it didn't matter, or big or small, it didn't matter whether you're Martin meter. He was, he was, he was exceptional. And like you say, you go to war with that fellow, right? I'd say he was another lad who didn't mind how high the puckouts were coming. <laughs> oh, no, oh, no, no. Yeah, any glimpse, any glimpse at all of it. Look him out as high as you like. <laughs> Is that say he liked him higher? If <laughs> And he glimpsed it all. He was grand. More, more time to wind up. Oh, Jesus, surely. What's the best inter-county goal you've ever seen? Probably the one that sticks out in my mind is is uh, John Fenton's strike off the ground. Like, you know, like that was that, that was unbelievable. That it was is, that, that was unbelievable. The trajectory on that ball. Yeah, and 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 for more recently, like. Richie Hogan's against Galway, the deaf little flick. You know, he knew well where he knew well where the ball was. You know, it was it was great, great piece of stuff. Would you sympathise with the keeper on that one then? I, I I'm not sure sympathise now would be the word. But <laughs> <laughs> well, like I, it was it was Richie's skill more than or I, do you think I, the keeper should have uh, maybe I, taken man and ball? I'd have gone to rewind a bit. <laughs> <laughs> you know. If you could pick what your favourite save or most memorable save that you made, which would it be? There's a different way of looking at it, uh, whether it's a, just an ordinary save with five minutes gone in the game or it's a save with 30 seconds left. Yeah. And if you stop it, you win. You know, there's a little bit, little bit more importance in some of them. Uh, yeah, I suppose probably the the save from Billy Dooley in, in '97 in the in the in the Leinster semi final, which got us through. You know, and uh, a chance to take Kenny. I suppose that one uh, that one sticks out more so because of its importance, really. And uh, and and like earlier that we were talking about, it was a it was a save and a and a push out to the side. What's the best save you've ever seen from another goalkeeper? I'll tell you who um, would have to be up there would be Owen Murphy. 
that man is after stopping bullets. I, I, I don't know what game it was, but he was he, he made two or three outstanding saves. Like now, on, on the other side of it too, like you have Brendan Brendan Cummins there that day against Waterford, was it from Paul Flynn? He's an overhead shot and it was going straight to the corner. And how he got across to it was just Jesus Christ, he was like he was he like he flew across to it. You know, and he got right across. But he's still doing that because he's done it last year. But uh yeah, you know, but either either that probably that one from Brendan, I suppose. Uh because of the way it came into Flynn and Flynn just doubled on it and it was going straight to the corner. I think that was that was that was exceptional. Now this is a very important question. Very important. Were you better than Brendan Cummins? Well, I, I I tell you what I'm going to do now. I'm going to put this I'm going to put this to you this way. I I would have admired I would have admired Jared Cunningham uh, when I probably was was starting off and and for for to be playing against them uh, in my first year as well was it was a huge thing for me. But I never I I never I never played my my wear against anybody else. And I never, I never said, you know, well, if he's doing, if he's getting forty shots taken off him against them tonight, I'm going to get fifty tomorrow night. I, I just went about, I went about my own business, my own way, and I tried to do as best I could. And I wasn't trying to be anybody else, or I wasn't trying to, you know, mark myself against. Am I as good as this fellow? Or am I as good as that? And that's the way I went about it. So uh, that's the best answer you're going to get now. <laughs> No, that that's fair enough. I I'll answer Ben. He was <laughs> well. I, be, I believe so. <laughs> My but, opinion, but, but sure. It's yeah, but look, it's it's amazing overall. The years too, you know, in in that length, I I would have played an eight hundred and semi finals like, and you win one. <laughs> yeah, like, and there's there's yeah. a lot of replays there. Yeah, you know. There's a lot of replays in in your time that Wexford couldn't get over the line in. No, 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 just couldn't, couldn't, could could produce it the first day, and then consistency wasn't the best. Yeah, consistency. You know, look at the lads now. Sure, most of them have only ever played in one. Yeah, yeah, and they're a while. Like. Consistency is a word that uh, that's come up a lot when we're talking about Wexford Harland, and it's something yeah. that it needs to be it needs yeah. to be gotten. Yeah, but like we had. You know, and and we had we had serious operators too. I suppose at that time, we had the like of like Darren was was full back for a good few years there. He was serious operator, like you know, playing in them games and and against that Cork. But I do remember, I do remember a statement from Dara, and it kind of stuck to me. I suppose a few years, we were we were just about finished, and we come into the dressing room after getting. Probably a, a hammer, and I'd say, and we were sitting beside each other. Sure, I was one and he was three, or whatever. We were more or less beside each other, and we were chatting away. And both of us looked up at at one stage now, and this this is probably coming near the end of my career. So I was kind of going, yeah, well, it's, it's definitely it's definitely time now for for to step away. The boys were in the in the changing area in the open. They were they were shaving and they were. Uh, showering and they were putting gel in their hair and they were all this crack wondering where they were going to go you know after the match and all so that ring turned around to me and he said to me I just tell you Fitz he says you know something he said we'll never win anything he says until our gear bag he said gets bigger than our wash bag 
So that was that was the way he was looking at it. He said they had more stuff. He said they had more stuff, they had more, <laughs> more stuff. But anyway, look, that's that's only it's only a side. It's only a side, I suppose. I suppose he would have gone through a fair few managers. Nine managers. Christy Leem, Rory, Joe Ackham. John Connor and Seamus Murphy, John Myler and Colin Bonner. And you talk about Tony Dempsey, lads. He was some boy. We had Tony over for a while. Oh, Jez, he was some boy. Tony was a man who liked running running laps. <laughs> you would have had a good couple of years with Tony Dempsey then. Yeah, we'd had we'd had a good old, yeah, two good years, I suppose. And uh, uh, culminating in 2001, you know, getting through and beating Limerick and the crowd were going up and, but I suppose a, a funny story with, with Tony was when we, we went to the replay against uh, Tipperary. Uh, it was a bad day the day that uh, Aline Dunn actually got sent off. And then just shortly before half time, uh, Mitch Jordan got sent off. But uh, we all reconvened to the dressing room and into the dressing room we went anyway. And uh, we were having a bit of a talk between ourselves. And then Tony came and he was giving a, us his great spiel and he was going to you know we we had to we had to up the rate the work rate in the second half we had to do this and we had to do that and he, he actually turned around to Mitch and he said to Mitch he said uh, Mitch he said we're going to need you to come out you know what I mean and we're going to need you to, to cover and Mitch said oh what do you mean he said I'm after being sent off and Tony when did you get sent off so <laughs> in, in all in all the, the fluster of, of Liam being sent off and trying to organise an extra man he must have missed the pull with Mitch and and, uh, and missed and missed uh, Mitch being sent off. But yeah, look, sure. Any of those any of those times, you'll always have you know an odd funny story with 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 some uh, with some of the managers uh, and and the lads themselves. I suppose you had a good old crack with the lads. But similar story was with Christy Yo. Uh, I think it was in ninety could have been ninety four actually. I think we we struggled to get over Dublin uh, in in Nolan Park I think we, we needed a, a replay actually to get over him and uh, Tom Dempsey got sent off and then not 10 minutes later George got sent off and the toys were in the dugout and the boys spotted something anyway and George tapped Christy on the shoulder and said Christy look you're going to have to get out and move this fella move that fella get get things going again and Christy jumped up and ran out and made whatever move George said and Christy came back to the dugout and he goes what are you doing there? He was the same again. He was after noticing Tom being sent off, but didn't notice George being sent off. And <laughs> I, I went and did what he told him to do, but uh, came back to the dugout then. And, really, and he says, "What are you doing there?" So he he had missed that one as well. So you know, two two kind of funny stories, but two two working on the same, you know. But um, yeah, so looking, and then we we went on another few years, and I was just finished then. I was just finished. Uh, I was in my last year, I suppose, with Colin Bonner, and I had. Um, I had said to Colin a few weeks, ah, maybe two or three weeks before uh, we were to play down in a league match in down. I had said to him, look, that uh, I needed needed that Sunday off. I, I you know, I were, didn't have want to travel up to to down that weekend. I was in ownership of a of a point to point horse down here in Wexford with you know two of the brothers of mine, and he was due to run that weekend. And I had said to Colin, look, uh, I guess you know we're paying for him every month to be trained. I really wanted to be around for it, you know. I was in, getting into the horses and whatever. And Colin said, "Yes, look, we'll see what we can do." And you know, in the week leading up to it, then he said to me, "No," he said, "You know, you're going to have to go and play." And I said, "No, Colin, sir, look, you know, I haven't long left here. 
you know, why don't you give the like? I was thinking it was Dermot Flynn actually was sub goalkeeper. I said, why don't you give Dermot the game? Like, you know, uh, I won't be around forever and uh, give him a chance. He might as well win that day as not. And Colin said, no, 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 no. And I and came to the week, actually the week of the game. And I think it was the Wednesday night. He had said to me, or Thursday night, and he had said to me, no, you're, you're, you're going to have to go and you're going to have to play. And I said to him, just call him. Look, I, 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 uh, I won't, I, you know, I won't be there. I said, you know, that the horse is going on. So we left the training that night anyway. And the next morning, then the phone rang about 10, 10 o'clock or that. And I was working and he called said to me, he said, uh, no, I said, I've talked about this. He said, and you're going to have to come and play. And that's it. And, and uh, I said, but Jess, call him. I said, you know, this horse I'm paying for him every month to want to, you know, to see him run the first time anyway and see what happens, you know. And he said, well, he said, you don't realise, he said, I've checked out about this horse, he said. And all he says, and you're not even riding the horse yourself. And I said to him, do, do, I, do I look much like a jockey? <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, just just some little footy bits. But anyway, in the wind up, I missed the I missed the point of point, and I had to go on hurl. I I, I gave in eventually, and, and I went and hurled. But and did the horse, the horse win? And the horse didn't win either. He came second, so it wasn't too bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, amazing, amazing. And is he, but, is he uh, still going the horse? No, we had him. Nah, we had him for we had him for two years there, and eventually got a win into him, and we, we let him off to England, and we sold him off to England there. Uh, if we had got the win into him, probably to start, we'd we'd have got a nice few bob from, but we maybe covered our costs, I suppose, over the year or two. But that was that was about the size of it. We don't we're not making the big money like uh, the boys now when the when they buy a point a pointer and they're selling them for three and four hundred thousand, getting on well with them. Would you be uh, would you be into horses much now in general like that? I would, yeah. I, I've I've hunted, I suppose, for the last maybe eight or ten, eight or ten years. Hunt every Saturday there, but that's after coming a cop or two with COVID. So uh, that's 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 finished up now. No one allowed out to do that. So yeah, uh, I I'd enjoy the I'd enjoy the horses, and if it was a local point to point now, I'd, I'd go on it. I'd look at it, and I'd always keep an eye on the like the local guys here, Colin Bow and. Matthew Flynn O'Connor has gone into to point to point training and the Doyles in, in Ballandagan there. Uh, a lot of lads, a lot of lads around the locality, and it's great to see them. Uh, great to see all them doing well. In general, what was it like in the first couple of years under Christy Hill? Ah, fuck. He was, he was unbelievable. Now, with some of the stories, there is no way, if you told him here now, there is no way that anyone would believe you. He was the greatest crack of all time. Oh, I think yeah, Don Don Liam Don did in his book he wrote there was one of the one of the replays or something against Cork where the Cork manager had all his all his players lined up sipping on water cordials or whatever and all the Wexford lads were scudding it, I think. Oh yeah. Oh just I remember that time. That was my first year, sure. Now you see, I it didn't bother me because I, I didn't drink and I never drank. Uh I don't drink at all. But the boys, oh yes, the boys would be horse and points after the games. We used to stop off in that, uh, what's the name of that pub? Come out hurlers and it's on the road under Mary Willie's or something, is it? There's a pub there on the, yeah, just on, on the way out there. They used to go in there, boy, and be the largest you wouldn't come over till fucking 11 or 12 o'clock at night after the match. And he'd be home. <laughs> oh, just unreal. It was unreal. And yes, there was none of that when Griffin was there. More disciplined approach. Oh, bitches! I tell you one thing. That's what took. I tell you, that's what took ninety five. Yeah, it took ninety five for everyone to go. I just this man is. This man, <laughs> yeah, this man's not going to take any messing. And 
on he went, you know. So, yeah, but look, sure, it was grand. It was good days, lads, to think back on, I'm sure. Sounds like there was no crack under Griffin. Enough crack in 96. <laughs> ah, look, there was, there, was, there was a good bit of crack. There was, you know, there was a good bit of crack, but there was hard work as well, like. You know, like there was training below in that gym in Wexford and we used to run the fucking golf rings below the bottom of the FCJ there. We used to do that running running all around there. You know, down past the hockey pitch there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, be the largest. Uh, when you go there, you knew you were in for a rough night and you'd be running out and up the hill or over the very far ditch, up by the ditch and back and down. Through the, and then you'd start this downhill running, downhill sprints like. But it wouldn't have been all the shortest grass in the world either to be running in. It. <laughs> I didn't, it no, it was tough going there. Marsh. And it was tough going. But look, sure it was it was he was he had he had everything he had everything in his mind of what he was going to do, sir, and that was it. You never went into management, did you? I had only finished about a year or so and I took over uh Aaron's own Tagnestown, Cena Horton I was over him for three years. Um the first year we lost out on score difference to get into the semi-final, I think. The next year we got to the we got to the county final uh, and we won the league. And they hadn't won anything for years now. Fucking got to the county final and sure Rangers were in. Uh Mount Lesser Rangers. But yeah, it was there with them and we got to the got to the county final, the Rangers best in the final. And then uh, the third year then was a, a write-off. I think I think when you come into these jobs, especially when you go to to say to a club or something like that, and they're not far off, you have I I think personally you have a two year window, you know, and if you go if you go over that, I think it gets it gets that bit stale. Uh, like the first year we the train the do the go up the side of the wall for you, and you were in with Liam in the senior setup a few years ago as well. Uh, as Slecker, all right. Done the year with Liam, and and from the time I done the year with Liam, then nothing. I don't don't I do very little. Done a bit of work with Mark Fanning. Uh, Mark used to give me a buzz for to come up to the club here in the Duffery, and I'd meet him after work, and he'd I do an hour with him, and uh, that was it. That was it. Mark seems like a dedicated man. Oh, so he's a dedicated man. He used to give me a buzz and say, "Can you give me an hour?" And I said, look, yeah. there's no problem. If I'm able to give you an hour, I'll give you an hour. There's no issue whatsoever. And uh, and if he rang me tomorrow and he wanted an hour, I'd give him an hour as well. Because, you know, anything you can do, if you can help out, there's no problem there. Thanks very much for giving us so much of your time, Damien. Was there's no bother at all. No bother at all. Yeah, thanks a million, Damien. No bother at all. trying to buy himself a bit of space. A point for Matthew O'Hanlon. Just for the record, I think Damien was far greater than Brennan Cummins and, in my opinion, is the greatest goalkeeper of all time. Would you be in agreement, Gary? Absolutely. No doubt in my mind. Uh, Unfortunately, Shane Tompkins couldn't make it as he told me that he was opening a new account with the Enniscorthy Credit Union. So thanks to them for looking after him. Why Shane? Keeping it local. 
We'll be back in two weeks with another absolute legend on the show. So thanks everyone for listening. Take care. Most importantly, I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford, who stuck with us through taking pain. Hello, Wexford!